Welcome, welcome, welcome. I want to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy Jalen, and this is a podcast where I give my unpopular opinion about sports. Uh, I want to thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in, whether it's on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and now Google Play. Again, I want to thank you all. It is a blessing uh, that you even want to or care about what I say. So thanks for listening. Again, uh, this is a weekly podcast every Monday and sometimes maybe more. <laughs> it just depends on what I want to do. Um, so for all you baseball enthusiasts out there, spring training starts this week. And it's crazy because I said on a uh, on a previous podcast, how much is Bryce Harper really worth? Is he really worth four hundred million dollars? Is players like Manny Machado really worth four hundred million dollars? And what we're seeing now is that they might not be. Both of them still not signed to a team, and from what reports are saying. Both of them's not even, I don't even think they're getting upwards of four, you know, I don't think. They're not getting upwards of $400 million contracts. Is, and, and don't don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that Bryce Harper or Manny Machado is bad or like trash players or, or don't deserve the money. I'm not saying that. Bryce Harper, at his peak, is the best player in baseball. You You can argue, of course, Mike Trout and everything, but. At his peak, I'm taking Bryce Harper over Mike Trout. Manny Machado is a great player. He was a great player for Baltimore. He was a great player for the his limited time he stayed in the Dodgers. He was a great player. But as we're seeing, the league, as in baseball, is changing. And players are not, not liking that. And and that's actually what we're going to get into a little later in the unpopular topic of the week. But, play, I mean, t- uh, the, the MLB is not liking that. And players aren't, well, no, let me say. The MLB wants to control. They haven't, okay, so nobody's offered Bryce Harper or Manny Machado $400 million. Which is, of course, going into the end of the season, you know, going into the off season, many analysts, many people thought that's what they weren't. And they could still warrant that. I don't know. But they're not being offered that. I know the Nationals offered Bryce Harper a 10-year, $350 million contract that he reportedly turned down. Now, was that offer still on the table? I don't know. It probably is. I mean, it's Bryce Harper, but... What we're seeing is they want the big contract, and they want not only do they want the big contract, they want the big contract in and not not too many years on a contract. They don't want to feel bound, you know. And again, we're going to talk about this a little more in depth in the unpopular topic of the week. I just think it's crazy how much sports are changing of course all the money's coming in all the big money and and all these contracts are hell we talked about last podcast mike conley his last deal i mean his yeah his last contract was more than michael jordan made his whole career playing basketball 
Bryce Harper is a top five player in baseball. Manny Machado is a top ten player in baseball. They will get paid. You have teams like the Nationals, the the Phillies, the the Giants, the Padres. Like you have many team, a lot of teams that are vying for them. But like I think Tim Kirchin said, right now they're playing a game of chicken. Who's gonna sign first and for what? And that's gonna pretty much set the market for the other player. If Bryce Harper signs a contract for like I said, 10 years, $350 million, Manny Machado then knows, I might not <laughs> I might not be able to get the $400 million. Or, if Manny Machado gets a contract from uh, San Diego for $400 million, then Bryce Harper's like, well, you see Manny Machado just signed. I'm not, I'm not signing anything lower than what he has. And vice versa. So, it's just going to be, it's going to be crazy how this turns out. If you ask me, I hope, of course, that the Nationals or that Bryce Harper goes back to the Nationals, seeing as though all the contracts that are reportedly being thrown out are pretty much the same as the Nationals. The only difference is, of course, the 10 years compared to, you know, some teams giving five, some teams giving seven, some teams giving four. You know, I hope he goes back to the Nationals. But like I said in the previous podcast, if he doesn't, I mean, the Nationals are still loaded. And it's just fascinating to see exactly where he's going to go or or how the market has shifted for players. Again, the long gone to me are the days where you can walk into a player, like, like, on, like on Carlos Stanton. You can walk into it and say, hey, I'm demanding... $350 million for a three-year contract. And then, boom, they give it to you. Like, long gone to me are those days. And and that's in all sports. So, like I said, we will uh, we will definitely be getting into that. But it's... And, and what makes this even more fascinating is that spring training starts this week. Which means teams are reporting to their ball clubs. You know, getting acclimated with the team, light drills. They're getting ready. They're gearing up for the season. And to have two of your top 10 players not on teams right now cannot be a good look for not only them, but the MLB. Because as we know, Bryce Harper has been offered several contracts, as well as Manny Machado. They just haven't taken it. They feel they're worth more, and they could be worth more. I don't know. But it's it's just fascinating how nobody thought that this would last the entire offseason. Like I said, spring training, if it doesn't start today, it starts in a couple of days. At least I know it starts this week. And they are still not on the team. That, 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 that's, that, that shows a lot about where baseball is. Baseball has been notorious for handing out gigantic contracts. And don't get me wrong, 10 years, $350 million or $360 million or $300 million together is still a, a, a crazy amount of money. 
crazy amount of money. But as we're seeing, not only are teams reluctant to offer that, but players are now saying that they're worth more, which, they, again, they could be. I, I, I don't know. But it's just, it's crazy how the one, like, the one of the sports that do not have a luxury tax or, or you know, tax cap is now struggling to sign two of their top ten players. And an offseason, by the way, where there's been, there hasn't been too many signings, but there's been big signings. And the fact that Bryce Harper and Manny Machado still or wasn't one of those big signings is is surprising, to say the least. But, again, it, it's going to get solved or it's going to get resolved eventually because, like I said, once spring training starts, teams are pretty much set. So I can see a deal being made in the next few days or in a week or two. Because even if spring training starts, any team is going to be willing, if they are if if they want to, any team is going to be willing to sign a Bryce Harper or a Manny Machado. Like, again, top five, top five player in Bryce Harper, top ten player in Manny Machado. Hell, Manny Machado could be top five. I mean, you got Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, Gordon Clayshaw is kind of on the on the decline. Matt Scherzer, like you got, you got great players, and Manny Machado is definitely so. Yeah, I think Manny Machado might be top five. Definitely Bryce Harper's top five. Bryce, shit, Bryce Harper might be top three. And I'm not just saying that because he was on the National. I'm saying that as hell. He, come on, man, Bryce Harper. And another thing that 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 that's funny is Bryce Harper. Is one of the most, in, in fact, he is the most endorsed player in baseball right now. And still having, <laughs> still having contract disputes. He wants all them coins. And I, res- I respect it. I really do. But again, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Speaking of this week, or or in the weeks to come, All-Star Weekend's coming up. I think it's this week. Yeah, All-Star Weekend's coming up. Teams are, I think this is, you know, last week teams are, are pushing. Every every team in the NBA wants to get to All-Star Weekend. They get to rest. They get to, to enjoy, some of the players get to enjoy themselves. Most of the players get to enjoy themselves, whether that's at All-Star or at home. Like I said, the, the NBA, the 82-game season is grueling for, for basketball players. And... They look for for breaks. They look for three day breaks from game to game. They look for, of course, All Star Weekend, where teams can, like I said, regroup, tool, and get ready for the playoff push or get ready for the lottery push. But what I'm noticing, and maybe it's just me. If it's just me, let me know in the comments. Hit me up. Just just let me know. But maybe it's just me. But is All Star Weekend dying? Don't get me wrong. The new integration of the pickup style, pick up, you know, pick players, the two team captains, no more East versus West is team blank versus team blank. And of course, like I said, the captains pick 
the team that that has brought a new wrinkle that's exciting to the All Star game. Last year was really exciting. Of course, it was Team LeBron versus Team Steph. Last year, uh, the the draft wasn't televised, but again, Kevin Durant ends up on Team LeBron's team. I'm pretty sure who was number one pick, and we saw that. It, it just brought a new wrinkle that, that we didn't expect to like, but we liked. And hell, even this year, it was a little better because they televised the draft. And we saw Team Giannis against Team LeBron, how some it was it was it was a chess match, of course, Giannis picking Ben Simmons and and eventually trading Ben Simmons to Team LeBron for Russell Westbrook. Of course, the whole tampering joke with Anthony Davis. Hell, LeBron's whole team, like half, half whole his whole starting five minus him, are like restricted, unrestricted free agents coming up. KD, LeBron. I mean, KD, Kyrie. Uh, he's not starting, but AD. They're 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 restricted free agents. So LeBron James is playing smart, and of course, like I said, Giannis had the. Is that tampering? So it, it's it's. I think the All Star Game, while a lot of beat writers and a lot of reporters don't like going because the chaos and everything, and and it's a busy week, end. I'm looking at the other events, the slam dunk contest, the three point contest, which I don't think the three point contest is affected at all. In fact, I think the three point contest, due to how the NBA has changed over the years. I think the three-point contest is the most exciting event in the entire weekend, even All-Star Game. And I like All-Star Game. I like, you know, teams having fun. I don't care if it's 200 to 202. They just it's, it's for NBA players to release. It's for them to have fun. Of course, you hear everybody say the NBA is like a fraternity. The players go to j- just be with each other and just have fun. But... Like I said, outside of the All Star Game and three point contest, is the All is the other events killing the All Star Weekend? Of course, you nobody even knows really. But you have the, I think the first night or first day or first night you have the G League, the G League All Star Game. You have the Rising Stars Challenge. You have the Celebrity Game. You have, of course, a slam dunk contest. But, in fact, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. Or when the when the selection stuff came out, and I know he didn't watch it. And I asked him, yo, who would you want to see out of every NBA player in the, in the league? Who would you want to see in the slam dunk contest? No lie, his first response was, yo, who still watches the slam dunk contest? But then he proceeded to answer, you have Dennis Smith Jr., who's in it. Zach Levine, who's not. Aaron Gordon, who's not. And I forgot the last person he said, but the last person he said definitely wasn't in it. You have Miles Bridges, John Collins, Dennis Smith Jr., and who is the last person? The name has escaped me. In fact, <laughs> the power of technology. I'm gonna look it up for you guys. 
That last person is escaping me. It is. This is a podcast, by the way. Thank you. This is the unpopular podcast. I want to think. Ah! Uh, Diallo from the Thunder. Really cut off my, um. Cut off my tapping. This is the unpopular podcast, by the way. What I'm saying is. Is the All Star game or All Star weekend losing its luster? Now, not not losing its luster as bad as the as bad as the Pro Bowl is, because Pro Bowl that was the worst Pro Bowl I ever seen this year. But I'm starting to think people are are losing interest in the the. The festivities and the enjoyment of the All-Star game. Or or All-Star weekend, I should say. Now, of course, people are going to go to All-Star weekend. I mean, it's you have a lot of parties. Of course, all the celebrities are going to be there. When I say the lore of All-Star weekend is still strong. But the events itself, I think, are suffering. Again, imagine, all right, so imagine if Steph Curry and Seth Curry weren't on the All-Star. I mean, weren't on in the three-point contest. Well, I, like I just said, I do still think that's the most, I guess, exciting event. It's because of who's in it. Klay Thompson's not in it this year, who has won it before. Steph Curry usually doesn't do it after his first few that he did. But the only reason why he's doing it is because Charlotte is his hometown, which is, of course, where All-Star Week is. But imagine if Steph Curry wasn't in it. Or imagine if some of the big names weren't in it. Like, would, would it be as exciting as it is? I think the fact that Steph Curry, oh, and of course, Dirt Nowinski's in it, which, you know, shouts out to him. But names like Danny Green and Joe Harris, Buddy Hill, Chris Middleton. Look, I'm not saying they're bad players at all. I'm not saying that they don't warrant watch. I'm not saying that nobody wants to watch them at all. That's that's not what, what, what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying was is that the NBA is a star-driven league. That's always been the case. The bigger the stars, the the more the draw. But if stars are not taking it as seriously, or if the the events aren't as interesting as they used to be, like like the last time. The last time I think the all, the slam dunk contest was exciting was, of course, the Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon show. Aaron Gordon hopping over mascots. Zach Levine doing between the legs from the three. I mean, from the uh, half court line. I'm not half court. What the hell? <laughs> doing between the legs from the three free throw line. That that was the last time to me the the slam dunk contest was exciting. And of course, when you have big names like Steph Curry, Devin Booker won it once. 
Clay Thompson. That's when the three-point contest is exciting. Now, of course, it's not just those three players, but it's players that we know. Like, like if you look at three-point contest, Buddy Hill's in it, and I'm not, I'm not trying to single him out, but Buddy Hill's in it. Golden State alone has two players that's not in the three-point contest as a better shooter than Buddy Hill. I think if the players would take would, would take it seriously more well more seriously, then of course it would be better. I mean But as of right now, I think that the All Star weekend is in a dangerous state. Not in the state of oh it's gonna get canceled. Like I said, the lore of All Star Weekend's still there, but people don't care as much about All Star Weekend as they used to. Or at least the events aren't as exciting. Yeah, the, the, well, the, the All-Star game has taken, taken a dip last few years, but it's coming up a little bit with the whole draft and everything, like I said. Three-point contest is still exciting when the best three-point shooters are there. But other than that, to me, nobody, nobody really looking for or looking at slam dunk contest. Nobody really cares about the skills challenge. Nobody really cares about the rising stars challenge which is like team world against team team usa or something nobody really cares about the celebrity game and nobody definitely cares and, and again i'm not i'm not bad mouthing any any players or anything but nobody really cares about the g league all-star all-star game so yeah man it's it's we'll see how it goes but i just think I think there there has to be major changes made to All Star Weekend for the fans and the diehard NBA, I guess, watchers to actually care again. So, but before before we get to the All Star Weekend, we still have a couple games to play and a couple teams that are starting to look mighty ready for the playoffs. And some teams are looking mighty sketchy going into All-Star break. If you missed it, go check out my last episode, which is the trade deadline episode. Of course, I broke the, broke down all the major trades. I broke down some of the even insignificant trades. Like, I, I broke most of it down to see what team is different, what team is more exciting, what team is better. And one team that I didn't talk about because they didn't make any trades was the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, I don't know if I said this in the past, in the past pod or uh, earlier podcast, but I thought and I think that the Oklahoma City Thunder was probably the only outside of maybe a Boston team that when when they're actually playing their best <laughs> or Toronto because they, they have a tough defensive-minded team. But I thought Oklahoma City, at least in the, in the in the West, let's just say the West, in the West was the only team that could really push Golden State in the playoff series. They're a long, athletic team. Russell Westbrook always takes the Steph Curry challenge hella serious, which which he should. Paul George has is playing like an MVP candidate. Uh, his shooting is off the charts. In fact, to me, he's looking better—not not not as explosive, but he's looking better than he did 
before the injury. Again, his explosion isn't completely there. He's not doing 360 windmills anymore in a game. But Paul George is, to me, having his best season of his career. And after trade deadline, teams made some moves. Houston made a couple moves. James Ennis got traded. Marquise Chris got traded. They weren't really playing, but, you know. Oklahoma City played Houston. And Houston had them down by 26. Houston was was beating the was taking them to the shit. James Harden was of course continuing his 30 point streak. James Harden was was hitting his You know what I hate? <laughs> a little a little a little side note. I hate when they call it a step back cuz he's not stepping back. It is a side step, people. Side step. Step back is when you step back. A sidestep is when you step to the side. Just saying. <laughs> but Jane, they were killing. They were killing OKC. And OKC looked bad. But then the second quarter came. Not the second quarter. Second half came. And OKC went on a run of all runs. They beat the they 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 came back and win to say the least they they won. And Paul George, I know Paul George had forty five points. Russell Westbrook had his ninth straight triple double. James Harden had forty two. The, the big players played, of course. And on top of that, if you look out in the East, Boston was playing the Clippers. Boston didn't make any trades for the trade deadline because, of course, they're staying pat and waiting to see, waiting to play their cards with Anthony Davis. Makes sense. But Boston was up, had Clippers down by 28 points. At home, by the way. And Clippers can't. Kyrie got injured. He he strained his, his knee out for the game. Then the Clippers proceeded to come back from 28 to beat the Clip beat the Celtics. Celtics getting booed off the court and their home at home, by the way. And that's the second time in a row they lost a big lead. Of course, they lost the lead to the Lakers. They were up 18. And we all know Rondo hit the game winner. Trade deadline came and went. And of course, if you if you again have you shameless plug if you haven't heard my last episode go check it out I, I go in depth about most of the trades but now if you look at the landscape of the league except for the buyout market which is going to be uh big as well buyout market I, I say the nba is in quarters you have the first quarter which is the first you know few games or first first couple of games first couple of weeks Teams are getting acclimated. Teams are, you know, a lot of teams are still, some teams are still out of shape. They're getting together. Of course, you got the second quarter, which is a little bit before trade deadline, trade deadline, all-star weekend. 
really seeing the teams are really starting to shape up. And then you have the buyout market. That's the fourth, third quarter. That's when teams, you know, with veterans, they might not want the veterans or whatever. They, you know, there might be a young squad that just don't want veterans. Like, like, like this year, you have Ennis Cantor is probably going to get, well, he already got bought out. You're going to, or he got released. You got Wesley Matthews. You have DeAndre Jordan might be there. Uh, Wayne Ellington hit it, but the Pistons picked him up. That's the third quarter. And of course, the fourth quarter is the home stretch, which is the last few weeks of the season before the playoffs. With this being the end of quarter two, beginning of quarter three, in my opinion, we're really starting to see, we're starting to separate teams. You have the 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 Warriors. <laughs> then you have the teams that, that, that can push the Warriors in the series. Now, again, before trade deadline, it was maybe, nah, I'll say two or three teams. Now we're looking. Toronto still looks good. That was one of the that was one of the three. Philly to me has the second best starting five in the in the league. OKC still looks good. And of course, I mean you have a couple of teams. Maybe Denver can push them. I don't know. Uh, Portland might be able to take a game or or, or one, <laughs> but. And what we're also starting to see is teams that we thought were going to be there struggle mightily. Houston's dealing with all sorts of injuries. From Chris Paul being in and out. From Clint Capella not being there. James Harden, of course, has to has to do more, has to put the onus on himself. That's why he has, what, 20-something straight, 30 30-plus point games. You look at Boston. Boston has been, has has had a roller coaster season this whole year. From Kyrie calling his teammates out to saying, I need to be a leader, to the team going on a little uh, uh, slump, to the team looking like the team of old, trying to acclimate Gordon Hayward back in, who hasn't quite as kept. He's been probably their worst player that they've played. Defensively, he's still slow. He doesn't have bounce. He really hasn't found his shooting touch yet. He hasn't found his 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 feel for the court yet. Now, of course, he, he didn't play last year. I mean, he played all of, what, four minutes last year before his horrific injury. So, of course, it's going to take time. It might take a year, which look like it is. But Boston looks, Boston looks not looking good. You have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. While they didn't say it publicly, we know that when you go from being the men last year with you know Kyrie out and Gordon Hayward out to now taking a reduced spot for a player in Gordon Hayward who you think is who you know think who you're better than right now, and then Kyrie who you probably thinking in the back of your head, yo, we we made we were one game away from the NBA Finals without you. Like, wh- what are you talking about? You need we need to follow you. Like, there's been a lot going on with Boston. Now, do I think they can turn it around by All Star break? Probably, probably. I mean, not all-star break. By by the playoffs, probably. I mean, there's still uh, like 18 games above 500 or 14 games above 500. So they still have time to turn it around. 
But what I'm saying is, well, really, the the the, the teams are starting to show themselves. We know Philly is probably has the second best, you know, probably has the second best starting five in the league. But we also know that their bench is now probably one of the weakest benches. We know that Boston is is has a lot of players, a lot of cooks in the kitchen. And we talked about this. I, I talked about this on uh, another podcast, Curring the Pot. Go check it out if you haven't. They have a lot of cooks in the kitchen. And with those cooks in the kitchen, they're even 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 going into all star break. They still need to figure out the roles. There's no way you should lose an 18 point lead to the Lakers, by the way, and another 18, a 28 point lead to the Clippers when their best player, Tobias Harris, got traded to Philly, who's in your conference. There should be no reason why Houston should have a 26 point lead against Russell Westbrook. Paul George and the Oklahoma City Thunder and Oklahoma City Thunder's biggest problem, which is shooting. Houston don't play no defense, so Oklahoma City looks like Golden State hitting threes. You have Terrence Ferguson almost hitting a 25-piece. Two, 2K Ferguson. What I'm saying is, I don't know. I don't, I don't know who... Golden State's biggest threat is because at the end of the day, you still have five All Stars on the team. You still you can you can slow down KD, Clay, and Steph, and you'll still have DeMarcus Cousins give you 25, 30 points. And DeMarcus Cousins has looked a lot better than I thought he was coming out the gate. You can slow down Clay Thompson, DeMarcus Cousins, and KD and Steph will still go forty each. You can slow down all. You can slow down KD, Steph, Draymond. And DeMarcus Cousins and Clay give you 60 on 11 dribbles. You can slow down Clay, DeMarcus Cousins, KD, and Steph Curry, and Draymond Green will find a way to get you a triple double. So, what I'm saying is, I don't know who their biggest competition is. But right now, it looks like it's a, I'll say a three. Four team race. You got, well, maybe five teams. You got, I'm still going to, I'm still holding hope on a Houston. Not saying holding hope as in I want them to beat Golden State. I don't really care. But holding hope on Houston because, of course, they're still injured. And once they get it fully healthy, we'll see if they can still contend. Oklahoma City, because, like I said, that's a long, athletic, physical team outside of that I still don't I really don't think Denver while Denver's a great team I don't think Denver can can push Golden State to the, Golden State to the brink definitely not Portland definitely not who else uh the Kings definitely not the Clippers definitely not the Lakers even with LeBron so you got two teams in the West, and then the rest is in the East. You have Milwaukee, who's the number one team in the league right now. Philly, who, to, like I said, who has the second best team, second best starting five in the league. 
Toronto, who has Kawhi Leonard and a defensive stout team. And maybe Boston. And I say maybe Boston because they still have, on the West, they have the most complete team. It's just they have to start playing again like a team. So we'll definitely see how that goes, man. It It's just crazy. The, the second quarter and the third quarter of the team, I mean, games, once they – third quarter of the season once they start really coming together seeing which team is who and and the teams that we thought going into the league or going into this uh season could contend are really starting to fall off so it's just it, it's it's fascinating to see but at the end of the day I don't know if anybody can be going to at least this year <laughs> and funny and it's crazy cuz Everybody's really, and this is just a side note, quick little thing. Everybody really thinks Kevin Durant's leaving, which he could. What if he doesn't? And it's just another year of, well, what happens next year? Now, of course, they can get uh, Boston get Anthony Davis. That definitely shifts the power. But what if they get Anthony Davis and Kyrie leaves? That more than likely means they'll have to give up Jason Tatum, and that's just not going to happen. So I don't know. I don't know, man. That's why the, the NBA is just fascinating. The NBA is fascinating. Um, I don't know if I should talk about. I'm gonna talk about it because it's, it's happening. The AA, the AAF football has debuted. For people that don't know what the AAF football is, it is the American, no Alliance of American Football. It's pretty much like the G League of the NFL. It's a whole nother. It's a whole nother. Well, a lot of t- a lot of players that couldn't make it to the or weren't weren't as good in the NFL are playing for this squad. Um, players that might need a couple of might need a couple of. Games to get their skills up is in this league. Oh, uh, Trent Richardson's in this league. Christian Hackenberg is in this league. LSU, remember him? And the debut was on Saturday on CBS. Now, a lot of people are saying this is the poor man's NFL. This is trash. It's not. This isn't the CFL. The CFL is trash, if you ask me. Now, I'm, I'm saying trash as in, of course, I can't do this. Of course, I am not as good. I mean, I, I'm not a football player. All the people that play for the CFL are athletes. They do the thing. But I'm comparing CFL to the NFL. It's no comparison. The, the AAF... But it is, like I said, it's like the G League. While the players aren't as good and and aren't quote unquote NFL players, they're still really good players. And the games that I saw were really good. Now, of course, you have some you have some miscues um, that these don't players just aren't going to make. Of course, you have. It's not as fast as 
the NFL, which which is respectfully so because the athletes are better. But but the AAF was 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 really good. It's an eight team league. You have Arizona, Salt Lake, San Antonio, San Diego, Atlanta, Birmingham, Memphis, and Orlando. And while it's not <laughs> defense is definitely still spotty, but what we have seen is they they have the big hits. In fact, their hits are a lot bigger than the NFL's because I've seen some quarterbacks getting cracked, man. Quarterbacks getting cracked while receivers getting flipped over. Like, it, it's the violence that the NFL is taking out to make the game a little safer. The AFF or the AAF is saying, yeah, we don't. Not saying it's like, you remember Blitz? <laughs> The game blitz where you can like beat the hell out of a player and like the goal is to injure a player, like kill them, like kill another player. Like, no, it's not like that. But of course, you have the big hits and you have, you have, it's, it's the, it's the NFL a couple years ago before the, 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 the rules started changing. No, again, the AFF or the AAF, I'm sorry, the AAF. Is not as polished as the NFL, but how 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 could you expect it to be as polished as the NFL? This was the debut on Saturday. Steve Spurrier's coaching the team. Michael Vick is is a is an offensive coach on one of the teams. Like it is it is a good league, guys. And and people and another thing that I saw that that kind of was confusing was they were like. I think 2.9 or 2.3 million, no, it's 2.9 million people watched the first week again. The NBA is in trouble. What? <laughs> the NBA is at its peak right now. You think the NBA really cares about the AAF? Now, again, the AAF is not the NFL. And it's definitely not the CFL. And I'm not saying that. I'm saying that as a compliment to the AAF. In fact, I was uh, I put it on Twitter, the NFL is the pros, the AAF is like the G League, and the CFL is like the the Drew League. Of course, you have some former NFL players or some NFL players that go over to the CFL, but other than that, it's 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 kind of spotty. <laughs> but yeah, shouts out to the AAF uh, for his debut. It, again, it's not bad football, guys. It's not bad football at all. I don't care if you watch it or not. It, it's it, for the people that complain all the time that, that oh, I can't watch football on on Friday or Saturdays and Sundays. Well, you got the AAF. And it's, it's, it's early. Like I said, it just debuted. So you have eight teams. But, of course, it's going to expand. They're talking. I, I heard them talking about teams in D.C., which would be crazy because there's a lot of teams in D.C., I didn't even talk about arena football, which nobody watches. <laughs> arena football is like the rec league. That's that's some rec league stuff right there. Hell, the the Washington Valor just won the arena football championship, but only won. I think their record was like three and ten. So <laughs> that should tell you about the arena football league. Um, yeah, man, I'm I'm not taking anything away from the A. AAF. Shouts out to them. 
shouts out to the organization. It's gonna be big. It's gonna be exciting. And and it's it's good football. It's it's really good football if you ask me. But let's go over to the NFL. Now this is the this is the off season. So a lot of teams and a lot of players, you know, are, are going to be a lot of cash. and players are, are seeing where they're going to. They're probably not going to get back team or looking for a new team. So, it you know, that's how it's going to be. And you ask when you look at the landscape, you have some big free agents this year. You have, well, he's not a free agent. He's definitely not about to come back to the team. And Antonio Brown. You have Le'Veon Bell. You have J- uh, Javion Clowney. You have some big names. And this is really a make or break offseason for a lot of teams, man. For instance, the Steelers. The Steelers are about to lose. The Steelers are about to lose two in Le'Veon Bell and Antonio. At their best, those are their number one respective positions, which is wide receiver and running back. Now, of course, you have Juju Smith-Schuster. And, of course, you have players like James Conner. Shout out to James Conner. Until the end, he was my uh, fantasy workhorse until he wanted to mess around and get injured. The hell, James. (laughs) But James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster... Out of respect to them, are, is not they are not Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. So this is a big this season for is a retool. Be time to blow the piece. This is the time you you one you need to find another capable wide receiver, another capable running back, and you really the the, the area that they have not addressed since uh Pouncey went out. What was it Pouncey? Yeah, since Pouncey went out, was the defense. If their defense remains how it is now, they will never win a championship again. I mean, yeah, you have... You have some pieces, but no. So it's a big offseason for for Pittsburgh. It's a huge offseason for Carolina. Cam not play next year. He has surgery on his shoulder. He might not play at all next year. Which means, are you gonna bring? Are you gonna draft a quarterback? Are you going to to pull the the offensive line? Are you going to get a uh, another wide receiver, like a number one wide receiver instead of Devin Funches? The Jets. The Jets have a crazy amount of of cap space to work with and they need it they need an offensive line they need a defense they need a wide receiver well they, their defense is okay they need a a wide receiver Th- their best wide receiver is what anderson <laughs> like they need somebody to help sam darnold more more i i think they need to really focus on the offensive line but still you still uh, it's uh, this is this is important to uh, to teams a lot of teams because this is the one time where 
the free agent pool, not only the free agent pool is strong, but there are some strong defensive players in this draft. Of course, teams like the Giants, they still need a quarterback. Uh, nobody really knows what Oakland's doing. <laughs> but this is a big year. This big year for San Francisco, they're playing with 63.8 million cap space. This is a year for Indianapolis Colts. They have $107.6 million in cap space. They still need to give Andrew Luck more offensive weapons. Uh, look for Le'Veon Bell maybe to go to Indianapolis. They definitely need some help, some uh, faster players on defense. Their defense is good, don't get me wrong, but they need a little bit of faster players. Of course, you have Darius Leonard, who won the rookie of the year, uh, defensive rookie of the year, but... They still need, they still need faster players. The Chargers, this is the Chargers offseason for the Chargers because not only is Phillip Rivers getting old, but outside of Keenan Allen, have LN and Williams, Mike Williams, they really don't have like a solid, solid number one wide receiver right now. And Keenan Allen is slow. And I'm not saying slow is like snail slow, but compared to wide receivers, he's not the fastest wide receiver. And Mike Wallace, I mean, Mike Williams is big, but he's not the fastest, fastest at all. So it's a team. This is this is an important offseason for a lot of teams. Hell, the Jets have ninety five million dollars to work with. In cap space, the 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 Browns who you're you're on the cusp right now, man. You your Freddie Kitchens is your is your uh, coach right now. You picked him over a lot of good candidates, Freddie Kitchen. You still have a young team, Miles Garrett. You have Baker Mayfield. It's a young team. You have to get better, or you can sink back into what you've been for a while, which is trash. Not as trash as you've been, because I don't see Baker Mayfield and, and that defense being as trash as, as they've historically been. But Cleveland right now is, is on the fence, man. You can either be... Make that leap to a playoff team, maybe maybe win a playoff game, a wild card game, or you can be the Jaguar. You can be you can be good for one year, and then come back and just be garbage, just be hot ass garbage. So this, like I said, this is a big. You think, watch, like I said, the Jets are going to be major because they have they they need Sam they need to help Sam Darnold. I think the Pittsburgh needs to be big in 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 and free agency the Seahawks are probably going to be big but but because I think that like like always they're going to try to retool their their defense and Jalen Ramsey is has been reported to maybe want to go or be going there which would be huge for them him alongside Bobby Wagner but this is the NFL the NFL is 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 it's all it's to me about the off season. This is a make or break a make or break time for a lot of teams. Oh, I didn't even talk about the Rams, who most of their players are free agents. Most of their top of course Ndamuk and Sue and all of them, they're gonna be free agents. Are you gonna bring them back and try to make it back to the Super Bowl? Are you going to let them go and just try to get more like maybe not as good but quality pieces back? 
And of course, we're not even talking about the Saints, who Drew Brees is getting older. Their defense is like like you. Well, their defense was good towards the end of the season, but even as you saw at the Rams game, they were still getting gashed for big yards. Eli Apple just isn't it. So I don't know what NFL teams are gonna do. I think when we get close to the season, do a, of course a breakdown podcast, you know, predictions, stuff like that. But right now, teams are about to gear up for for. This is an important time of the year for most teams, if not all teams. Because, unlike the NBA, the trade deadline, I don't even, it's not as prominent in the NFL as it is in the NBA. Hell, many people had the trade deadline, had the world on the edge of their seat to see if Anthony Davis was going somewhere. Like, that doesn't really happen with NFL. Oh, and this is also a time when players get franchise tagged and get upset about being franchise tagged. So, like I said, the NFL is in a touchy a touchy situation or touchy season right now, which not only is good for teams, but it could break teams too. If teams don't teams that should make moves don't make moves, teams that make that shouldn't really be making moves making too much moves. Like I said, it's it's like a chess game. NFL's uh, off season is like a chess game, and we'll see we'll see how it goes. And last thing I'm gonna say before we get to the unpopular topic of the week is. I've been very surprised about college basketball. Now, I have a, I'm not going to spoil it. Just wait until the next episode. But (laughs) it has been a crazy, crazy season in college basketball. To me, When I'm t- when we're talking about the domination, right? Like we look at we look at college football. When we think of dominant teams, we think of Alabama, think of Clemson. Here, surprising to basketball because to me it's more wide open as ever. Like let's look at the top ten teams. <clears throat> Tennessee could win it all. Duke could win it all. Gonzaga can win it all. Virginia can win it all. Kentucky can win it all. Michigan can win it all. I don't know if Nevada can win it all. They do have, they are 23-1, and one, but the, the level of competition hasn't been there. North Carolina can win it all. Houston could win it all. Marquette has, uh, what's his name? H- Howard, who is probably one of the best scorers in college, college basketball right now. Um, Hell, and you keep going. You have Michigan State. They can win it all. You have Kansas can win it all. They could Louisville win it all. What I'm saying, Maryland might be able to win it all. Like, what I'm saying is, to me, college basketball has been more wide open this year than it's ever been. And I don't know, and I think, and it's not, I don't know. That is, to me, that is great for college basketball. Now, yes, you have the the 
Duke freshmen. You have R.J. Barrett, Zion Williamson, who's probably going to go. Ain't no problem. He's going to go number one in the draft. Cam Reddish. Uh, of course, the, that storyline is always going to be the same. The the freshmen are going to dominate college basketball. But even when you look, each every team that we talk, every team that we that we talk about and, and that I named has problems. Tennessee isn't the best offensive team. Duke cannot shoot threes or free throws to save their life. Gonzaga offensively isn't as good as their defense. Virginia is more complete, but they have times when they can be lapsed. And let's not forget, they were the first number one team, number one seed to lose to a 16 seed. Kentucky, they're still young. Michigan, there is nights when they look unstoppable and there's nights when they can't put the goddamn ball in the hole. Nevada, like I said, they have the Twins, but outside of them, who do they really have? North Carolina, one minute they can be defensive dominant and offensively dominant, but the next minute they cannot shoot to save their lives. And they let, they have so many gaps that can be open. Houston, their defense is trash. Marquette, they really have one player and that's it. Purdue, they, I mean, Michigan State, they lost their best player. Kansas, they keep losing. They're 18-6. and six. So, it's like every team has a big weakness and a big strength. Tennessee. I talked about their weakness. Tennessee, they have, they're one of the best defensive teams in the league. Duke, three freshmen are the three freshmen, and they'll probably be top three draft. Uh, Gonzaga is probably one of the best defensive teams. Virginia could be one of the most complete teams. Kentucky, while they're young, they're probably one of the most athletic teams. Michigan, Michigan will do, like can clamp down and put up points quickly. North Carolina, when they're on, they are one of the best defensive teams as well as the best offensive teams. You have Cody White, you have Nasir Little, you have Luke May. Marquette has Howard, who who has a couple 50-point games this year. Michigan State's one of the best defensive teams in the league. Kansas is still Kansas. They're probably going to win the Big Ten. I mean, the, the the conference. And then you know how it is. It's like, it's crazy and it's beautiful at the same time that college, football, college basketball is more wide open than ever. And it's going to be exciting. And I think more people are going to come march. Of course, you have the, the Blue Bloods going to assume is going to win it all and stuff like that. But... You just don't know. You really don't know. Like, and, and, and you can see any given night, any given day, somebody could knock off a top team. And I think that is the allure, and that's what makes, is definitely making this season great and what will make college basketball come March even better. And that and that and that's a surprise going in. I thought that, of course, Duke was going to dominate like they always do. I thought that I'm a North Carolina fan, so I knew they were going to be up there. Uh, I thought it was Villanova was going to, even though Villanova lost a lot of players, you know, Kansas, you know, I thought all was going to be up there. I didn't see Tennessee being this dominant. I didn't see Gonzaga retooling and coming back stronger than ever. I didn't see every team has a weakness, a huge weakness that can just that can cause them to lose every night. And and that 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 the parody. The parity in in the college basketball is what's making it beautiful right now. And again, we'll we'll see come March. But uh, with that being said, let's get to the unpopular topic of the week.
Welcome to the Unpopular Opinions. Unpopular Opinions. Have unpopular opinions. Unpopular opinions. Okay, so what's an unpopular opinion? Unpopular opinions. To utter such blasphemy. He's got the nerve, the audacity, the unmitigated goal to echo such blasphemous nonsense. Just blasphemy. Welcome back. I want to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy Jalen, and this is the Unpopular Topic of the Week. So I alluded to this earlier in the episode, or in this in this episode, talking about Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, how players are really starting to take or put their hand on the league coming with contracts, and it's not, and this is with baseball, uh, this is with even NFL, and you see Le'Veon Bell, he sat out a whole year trying to control his contract and his his contract status. And you see that, of course, you've seen it for a while, but you see it more than ever this year with the NBA, with Anthony Davis, LeBron James, uh, KD. Like, you don't know. The players are taking control of the league. And is that really, is that that much of a good thing? I say yes. But yes with an asterisk. I think no player should be controlled, you know, by, like, if you want to go play somewhere, it's just basketball. It's just football. It's just baseball. If you want to go somewhere, go somewhere. Go somewhere where they'll pay you the most money. Get your coins. Do what you got to do. At the end of the day, like 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 the people at the front office say, it's a business. So play it like a business. Play them as a hey, you want to you want to play like a business. You can trade me at any time. Hell, I'm gonna get as much money as possible. Anthony Davis, while it might not have been as beautiful as it should have been. He played his hand, and he's he's playing his hand. LeBron James played his hand went to L.A. KD, we don't know what he's going to do yet. We don't know what Kyrie's going to do yet. Uh, Bryce Harper, he he wants money, and, and he wants as much money as he can, which is understandable. Manny Machado wants as much money as he can, which is understandable. Le'Veon Bell wants to con- doesn't want to be uh, amnestied. He doesn't want to be amnestied. He doesn't. He he wants a contract that not only pays him as much money as he deserves. He wants to be one of the highest paid running, highest paid players in the league. But he wants the the guarantee and the security as well as a, you know, as well as as well as almost everybody. Odell Beckham. He wants he wanted to get paid as much as 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 possible, and that's what happened. So I say it's good, but then here's the asterisk. This really. Right now, this hurts small market teams. This hurts the Memphis Grizzlies. This hurts the Washington Wizards. Well, that's not really a yeah, yeah. Washington Wizards. This hurts the San Diego Padres. This hurts the Arizona Diamondbacks. This hurts the Arizona Cardinals. This hurts the... This hurts teams like uh, what's another small Buffalo, Buffalo Bills, because when you have teams like the Lakers, Golden State, uh, the Dodgers, the the Cowboys, the Giants, the Steelers, the Patriots, like who's gonna want to go to the small market teams, even if they have money? Because of course their name's not out there, and 
players are making as much money off the court that they are making on the court or off the field than they are making off on the field. So at the, right now, players aren't as as strapped for money as they have have been. So who's gonna really wanna who's gonna wanna sacrifice their visibility, especially going into the playoffs for every every sport? And not only that, but <laughs> but carry the load. Like you play for Memphis, you are Memphis. Memphis. Anthony Davis played for Memphis. He's one not only the best player Memphis ever had, but he's gonna have to. He's gonna have to like like he like right now in New Orleans. He's gonna have to put them on their back, and they only go as far as he goes. So right like that puts the onus on the small market teams. You gotta get better, man. You gotta get better with drafting. You gotta get better with player development. You gotta get more creative ways to get people there. That right now is a hindrance to them. While it helps big market teams, as in, like I said, the Lakers, Dodgers, Yankees, uh, Cowboys, um, you know, stuff like that, it 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 really hurts small market teams. But at the end of the day, that really puts the onus on small market teams. You got to get better, bro. And again, I think players should have, first of all, and I, I allude to this before. And I'm not going to get into it because it's a long conversation, but it's it's really suspect how the only two team, only two leagues that have salary caps are the only two leagues dominated by African Americans. I'm not going to say, I'm not going, I'm not going, I'm not going to assume anything. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, it's it's, it's a job crazy. But players are taking control, and teams aren't liking that. And 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 we're really starting to see a shift in all sports, not just NBA and NFL, like all sports. And while, like I said, it's beautiful for the players and it's beautiful for the league that the players are taking control, at the end of the day, this really puts the onus on small market team. If you want a big player, get better. Get better. Get better people in the front office. Get more money, as in get get players that can uh, get people in the front office that can draft well, that can player development well. There's no reason why you go to, I don't know, Phoenix. And they and they still have point guard problems. Oh, not only that, they have point guard problems and they have big problems now. Like bigs. They have too many bigs now. There should be no reason why players don't even take meetings with some teams. That's on the teams. That's not on the players. Like like player teams really have to get better. And that's that's just the end all be all. If you want a player, if you want a player, get better. Do I think it hurts? Do I think players controlling the league hurt the t- hurt the league? It could, but that's on the league to to then adapt. Owners owners would be cheap and say, all right, we have to take a pay cut, not because, <laughs> not because we can't afford it, it's because if we go into luxury tax, I'm gonna have to pay. And, and uh, players are saying seeing that. Hell, you you saw uh, Clay Thompson even said it the other day. The only reason why they'll ask for a pay cut is if owners doesn't want to pay that luxury tax. Players know. Players ain't stupid. So with players taking over, it really puts the onus on small market teams and teams as a whole. Get better the way. Be run better.
run your team, run your organization better, and you'll be able to attract the Bryce Harpers or the Anthony Davises or the Manny Machados or KDs or Kyries or Jimmy Butlers. You know what I'm saying? Or you could be Memphis, who right now are in a rebuild mode, but nobody wants to go there, so they're going to have to rebuild through the draft. And it's also going to be hard because they're winning too much. So who the hell are you going to get in the draft? Hey, man, get better. Just need to get better. But there you have it, man. That's this week's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I want to thank you for listening, man. Uh, Again, I always say this, but there's big things coming up, man. I appreciate y'all sticking with me. Um, I hope you have a beautiful week. Uh, And until next time, much love. Lord, be my witness. Got to keep the devil alive. Keep the devil off, gotta keep the devil off. Keep the devil off, can't worry about no snakes. But good, no riches, if six feet under. Lord be my witness, keep the devil off. I've been bound on the south side of the moon. Put your boy did the bid from the bottom of the map to the top of the mountain, pipping them on the moon. I'm in the groove, on the late night. I make the move, move, get the play right. You ain't seen it like a scene in my future nine days, by the bright in the day. I made a strong foundation out of all these boulders I can. I ran them steps in my yard and you were tucking your tail acting all scary. Uh, we ain't cut from that cloth. I paid to go what I bought. I ran surf around y'all and never, ever, ever got caught. Gotta keep the devil off. Keep the devil off. Gotta keep the devil off. Keep the devil off. Can't worry about no snakes.